What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome back to this medical podcast in English for non-native speakers. My name is Alice Byram and I am a family and emergency medicine doctor. This podcast is brought to you by the Catalan Institute of Medical Education and Leadership, or IFMIL. This series is about improving your English and therefore your communication skills. However, sometimes it is not all about vocabulary and grammar. When communicating with patients who are not native speakers of your language, there are a few points to remember, which may not be obvious if you have not been on the receiving end. First of all, introduce yourself in the terms you wish to be addressed, whether that be Dr. Byram, Dr. Alice or Alice. How patients address their doctor varies greatly between countries and can lead to awkwardness if they feel that they are being disrespectful. Speaking slowly and clearly is important, as you will have found with this podcast. But there are also other linguistic aspects which are important. Even someone who speaks your language very well may not understand your sense of humour and can take your comments that you make in jest literally. Acceptable themes for humour vary a lot between cultures and even someone who has been in your country a, lot time, a long time might struggle with certain types of jokes. The English have got a great tendency to sarcasm And this can be very offensive, even so, more so if the comment is made in the same tone as the rest of the sentence. When you are speaking, you should stop every two to three minutes and give the other person time to think and ask questions. During that time, you need to look at the other person in the eye and resist the temptation to do paperwork or type on the computer. It is actually very hard to do this, so consider putting a timer. What you can do is write down the main points on a piece of paper. Even in your own language, it is hard to remember all the new information. So this is especially essential for people who don't speak your language. Unless you speak a language very well, you should always use an official interpreter when seeing patients who cannot speak your language well. When you do use an interpreter, you should always look at the patient and not at the interpreter. Time and financial constraints can make it tempting to use family members, but this is highly discouraged. Research shows that this leads to worse outcomes. But also, would you feel comfortable asking an eight-year-old to ask their mother when was the last time they had sex? And how confident can you be that you get all the information about a woman's home situation when asking a husband who will obviously be biased? Even with the best intentions in the world, if you have a vested interest, it is hard to translate objectively. Even without the language barrier, if you ask someone about their partner's home or work situation, you are unlikely to get the same version as if you ask the person themselves. If no interpreters are available, you can always ask 
to use modern technology. Apps such as Universal Doctor Speaker can help you ask specific medical questions. But don't forget that even Google Translate can help out. Many times you need more general information about a patient's life, and this may not be covered by more specific medical translation apps. Communicating with nonverbal patients, even if they do understand your language, can be a challenge. This can be dementia patients, for example, but there is a long continuum before you get to the stage of a completely nonverbal patient who needs the Abbey Pain Scale to work out if they need more analgesia. In the show notes, there is a link to this pain scale. Other patients will be nonverbal, but have worked out their own system of communicating. A patient with cerebral palsy can understand and communicate, but you will have to learn their way of communicating, perhaps using an augmentative and an alternative communication or AAC technique booklet. These booklets, which use pictures to help communicate, should always be kept near the patient and a sign placed above the bed indicating what methods to use. Patients with autism are another population who may be nonverbal. This is likely to be heightened in a high sensory environment such as a healthcare setting. The UK National Autistic Society recommends always using the person's name at the beginning of a sentence so that they know that you are speaking to them. Again, here the point is that they can hear you perfectly well. They may well be listening, even if they are not answering. You can ask their caregiver how they communicate at home. And if direct eye contact is uncomfortable, going down to their level physically will help enormously. As with all patients with whom communication is different, the recommendation is to narrate what you are doing to them and keep on explaining. Communication with patients is at the heart of what we do And I hope that this has been useful in giving you a few tips as to how to communicate with patients who are not able to communicate in the traditional way. Too often, as George Bernard Shaw says, the single biggest communication in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. In the show notes, there is a link to some boards you can print off. Rosemary Musacho has cerebral palsy, which does not impede her having a degree and working as an accessibility analysis yet she too struggled during a hospital stay. Her point of view is interesting, and she mentions that this is one time in medicine where closed questions should be used. She can answer yes or no to a question, such as does your tummy hurt, for example. It is also important to remember that even if you cannot understand them, your patient can understand you perfectly. And you can use the same words, and especially the same volume, you would use with a similar patient who you can understand. <laughs> 